so excited to have my friend Michael Laidler on the show. He is a full-time police officer, coach, and best-selling author. Now, in this episode, we talk all things law enforcement. We talk wellness, taking care of yourself, and how to have balance in your life between work, what you're doing every day, and your personal life. You do not want to miss this show, the one and only Mike Laidler. Next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the CJ Evolution Podcast. Patrick here, host and creator. Thank you for listening. If you love the show, please share with your family and friends and give us that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. I hope you are having a great day. Remember... You are honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Keep up the great work. This program is sponsored by FHE Health and their Shatterproof program for first responders. If you are suffering, you do not have to suffer anymore. Please reach out to FHE Health today. Our mission is you. Links are in the show notes. Now a word from Jimmy Keefe. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am so excited to have my next guest on the show. He's a huge professional speaker, a best-selling author on mental fatigue for law enforcement. He is all over the place doing great work for our first responder communities, and he's currently active still in the field. He is Michael Laidler. Welcome, brother. How are you doing? DJ, man, I'm excited to be on her with you. You know, we've been <laughs> chatting a little bit, and I know we've had some delays and I know. together, but... I mean, something when, when when I have delays, sometimes I just say, you know, you got to save the best for last. So I think this is why this is going on. We had to work through some kinks to get to this point, but I'm excited to absolutely value yeah. to your audience. And I love your. I mean, I could I could hear it in your voice. You're very passionate. You're, I can see why you're like the number you know number one speaker out there. I mean, you're great. And we talked a little bit before we started, and I gave a little snippet of uh, Mike about your 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 background. There's a lot more we can fill in there. Um, but what can you talk a little bit about what you got? What was the catalyst that got you into law enforcement? I know you kind of uh, went through law enforcement, other things, and now you're in another position. Uh, what was the catalyst? What made you say, you know what? I want to serve my community. I want I want to serve others. The OJ Simpson trial. Was it seriously? Yes. Back in 94, I was wow. nine years old. And I can remember living in Miami, Florida. Obviously, I wasn't in California. But I can remember watching the chase, the trial, 
the testimony, the whole process with my mom, my grandmother, my sister. Yeah. And thinking to my just thinking to myself, you know what? One day I want to be a homicide detective in LA. And that's what I told myself from nine years old up until now. Well, not the LA detective part or nothing like that, but that I really <laughs> wanted to be in law enforcement and serve the community because there's just something about that that built my passion up. And I, I asked my mom before I said, was I passionate about anything else that you remember? She was like, nope, never. Yeah. So it kind of led in everything. And throughout my life, like I took classes in high school on criminal justice. And then when I went to college at Florida State, I studied criminal justice. And then I can remember at 19, it was the summer of 2004, for the Tallahassee Police Department. And she actually came into the house like, hey, look, they're hiring. You meet the qualifications. Why don't you apply? And I was like, hmm, I'm 19 years old. I do meet the minimum qualifications, but I don't know if they're going to pick me up. I mean, I'm 19. Yeah. And I told myself, you know what? What's the worst that's going to happen? I, I mean, if no. I apply, they say no. Yeah, and I just keep going to college. But coincidentally, they did accept me. They took a chance. So in January of 2005, I actually began my career in the academy as a law enforcement officer. And um, I will say to this day, that they only hire 21 years old nowadays. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I'm not saying it was my fault. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> but but yeah, that's kind of where my that's where it started. It started from age nine when I saw the OJ Simpson process. Yeah. Um, up to when I was sitting in my living room in Tallahassee, my sister came home with an application. And that's what actually physically and the reality side actually put me into law enforcement. Yeah. God, I remember you said OJ Simpson. I was in the police academy. When that happened, and and when you as soon as you said OJ Simpson, I remember watching that thing unfold. You know mm -hmm. the chase and the, and the the white Ford yeah. Bronco, and yeah. and then the subsequent trial that lasted. I think it was like a year or something. Didn't it last for yeah. a long time? I mean, it was yeah, it was a while. Marsha Clark and and all those DAs and stuff, and of course, who can forget? You know, Mark Furman getting up there lying right. and doing all kinds of stupid stuff. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was yeah, that it was a, such a pivotal moment uh, in 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 history right there. And I, I thank you for your service, brother. I mean, I think Appreciate sometimes that. you know that would have turned people off to law enforcement, saying you know, especially with the subsequent trial with, you know, I mentioned Mark Furman who lied yeah. on the stand and you know plant you know right. all this evidence that was screwed up and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But yeah, that that's re that's really cool that you know you were like, this is what I want to do. This yeah. is and what it took I me a while to, to realize. Yeah, it took me a, real, that, a while to realize. I was like, what drove me there? And then once I wrote my book and I was kind of going over my introduction, I was like, what was my first like interaction with law enforcement as far as like career, like life went? And I was like, oh yeah, it was the same. Like I had to think way back because I was like, no, it wasn't me getting the, the job. It wasn't me going to high school for it. It had to be something else. And I actually was able to do reflection, pinpoint back to that time. Yeah. And it's it's interesting you mentioned Tallahassee. I was just there uh, about a month and a half ago uh, with uh, State Patrol down there, okay. and we we were doing some training down there. And Tallahassee, I'm used to going to the like other part of Florida. Tallahassee, I didn't realize it was like it's all wooded and and, and you know a lot of mm -hmm. part of it, and and it just kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Colorado a little bit because it's so green and a lot it of is. forests and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful area up there too. Yeah. Cause you sometimes like I grew up in Miami, Florida and it's um, just different. Obviously it's the capital, but the speed is different. Yeah. I was going to say the people speed, is different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of more laid back. I figure. I, I think right. it's not as 
fast as well. I don't have to tell you Miami. I've been there in Miami a couple of yeah. times. And it's like, go, go, go. People don't go to dinner, to, you know, brother, until like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, They're like, yeah, I'm going to eat. Jeez, the night's <laughs> over. What are you doing? The night's over already. This is crazy. <laughs> you talk a lot. You talk about a lot of things, Mike. But mm -hmm. one of the things you talk a lot about is mental fatigue uh, in law enforcement. And, and for the listener Correct. out there, and I know you know this, Mike, I mean, it is something that we as first, not just cops, but all first responders deal with. And then over time, it's just accumulation. So what, what do you talk about specifically and how to overcome mental fatigue? What are some tips you can give our listeners out there? Well, for me, I don't want to overcome something. I want to prevent something. Prevent something. That's probably, a, that's a good point. And well, but I mean, a lot of programs that I've seen are more about overcoming something that's already happened. Sure. But what I've realized and what we do in law enforcement is we're proactive with everything but ourselves. Absolutely. We have, we used to have proactive policing. It's always serve the customer first, serve the people that you're responding to. But I want us to start looking at ourselves first as people. And a lot of times we find ourselves identifying what we are, who we are as our badge. Mm -hmm. as our uniform, as our institute, whatever that may look like for your listener. But there's a person that's in there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've been pushing, especially over the last two years, and I'll tell you, I'll be honest, when I first created my speaking business in 2017, it was all about leadership development. Mm -hmm. It was all about growing as a leader, um, building your people, developing your people. And then in the summer of 21, I just hit me like just all the things that happened in my life. Obviously, we all know about the George Floyd incident. Mm -hmm. I've had friends, close friends commit suicide. So I was telling myself, I have a gift, which I didn't know about till 2016 to speak. And I was saying, what can I do to impact my industry? Yeah. And I started thinking about, well, what have I not had a lot of through my career? In 18 years, three different organizations, I realized we weren't focusing on ourselves. And yeah. it sounds selfish, but if you're not whole, if you're not the best version of yourself, you can't be good to nobody. And I Absol think that's where absolutely. we, yeah, you know, that's a lot of people, we, we think, well, hey, I'm going to spend 25 years in this organization and then, then what? It's like, you need to be building yourself in that 25 years. So whatever you're passionate, whatever you're passionate about, law enforcement can be that. But at some point we all retire, mm -hmm. whether it's by volunteering to retire or you age out it's just going to come so what i've built over the last couple of years and what i've been pushing heavily especially over the last six to eight months is self-awareness developing who you are and where does that start well identify some of the failure you, you have in your life because mm -hmm. failures define all of us we all have them yeah. it, do it doesn't matter who you are you have a failure but look at it and realize what it's taught you don't look at it as a negative, oh, I'm a bad person or I, I'm not I think, good at I this. I think a lot of people struggle with that. I know I have in the past, Correct. brother, where they they get, you know, you look at a failure and then you let that failure define you going forward. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, shit, I can't do anything else. But you're exactly right. It's we all fail. Right. You know, we all fail. And it, you have, need to learn. You use that as a learning experience. Try not to do it again, but grow from it. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's the first part that I talk about is one of the main things is defining who you are through your failures. You're like, well, that's kind of neat. Well, no, it's not. It, it's happened already. So grow from it. Yeah. Learn how not to do it again or learn the life lessons that you more than likely had from that process. Second thing I talk about is 
why should you develop yourself? First and foremost, it's good to have a good home work balance. Because while we try to think everything starts at work, everything really starts at home. There's a study that says that if you're having a bad day at home, oh yeah, you ain't going to be nothing at work. <laughs> and if you spend too much time at work, I mean, you're going to think that nothing's going on at home. And I mean, I, I always talk about this one study that I researched with a guy named Nathan, and it wasn't law enforcement, but he was a, a high producer in his company, working 68 hours a week, which isn't uncommon. He had a good family on the surface. They did family vacations. They would go to different trips. They would have their picnics. They would do everything you would see a loving family do. But the thing that he had an issue with was separating work from home. Absolutely. When he was on those vacations, he was at work. When he was at the picnics, he was at work. And what do you think happened over time? What well, deteriorated? Got the divorced. family. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the he, family. He got divorced, lost contact with his kids, or he lost that relationship with them. And then ultimately, he got fired. Because that what was going on at home started to affect him at work. He couldn't concentrate. He couldn't hit those numbers before. So what that told me on why I need to develop myself is focus on your home life. Focus on how you are at home because that's how it's going to impact you at work. And then finally, I talk about being the best version of yourself. And that really comes with time management. Yeah. And if you don't control your time, time will control you. That's just that. how it goes. I love yeah. that. I mean, that is yeah. so good. And it made me think when you gave the example of the the CEO or, or the, the private sector guy who was, mm -hmm. how do you, for the listener out there, if you're working 60, 70 hours, and this can apply to first responders too, if you're mm -hmm. signing up for all the OT you can, and I get it, you know, you want to make the extra money, something's going to suffer because your attention is going all to the work, right? Correct. So... <laughs> the family is going to suffer, man. There's no way you're going to work 60, 80 hours a week without something suffering. Correct. Yeah. Cause in a day, think about it. You have 24 hours. Yeah. What are you doing there? In a week, you only have 168 hours. So if you're at 60, let's say, let's, let's say, let's be optimistic. Let's say you're only, only at 60 hours a week at work. What is that? What is that? 168 minus 60, 108 mm -hmm. hours left. Now yeah. you got to include sleep. You got to include actual family time and when you start adding those numbers up it dwindles very quickly let's just say you sleep let's say it says seven and a half eight hours let's say you sleep six hours that's another 42 hours you 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 won't have so that minus 108 so now you're down to a couple hours you got to exercise somewhere in there and you got to look at the impact that it's having um so that's kind of what i kind of end into my presentation was like all right how are we going to control our time and that's kind of just having time management i i created something called the 24-hour formula where each day, you look at everything you're going to do hour by hour. Now, does it take a little time to put together? In the beginning, yes. But once you start identifying when do I sleep, because that's part of your 24 hours, when do I work, including drive time to and from, when do I spend time with family, when do I spend time with myself, I think that that's where you start realizing, okay, this is how I'm going to grow myself. This is how I'm going to prevent mental fatigue, because I'm realizing in my growth, these are things that are overtaking the important things of my life. Now, yeah. most people still have a 40 to 60 hour work week. That's, it's just what it is. But what are you doing in those extra hours that you have? Because at the end, we all have some time on our hands. We don't think we do, but when we actually break it down, how much we time wasting? We actually plan. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You realize you're like, man, I've been on this Netflix series for seven hours today. Well, <laughs> you could have did something else with that seven hours. I mean, yes. Yes. What is it like these different shows? What I can't even think of them. Um, we've like all the, binged and stuff like that. Thrones, but it's wasted time. 
People tell me about these King of Thrones show. I said, how many seasons? They're like seven or eight. How many episodes? 80. I don't know what it is. I'm just guessing. But I'm like, what? is that like an hour an episode? Like, so you literally spent but it's so good. Your life. Yeah, so good. I was like, but you didn't work on yourself at all. I said, exactly. why don't you take those 300 hours you spent watching this TV show and apply it to your growth? And when we're looking at mental fatigue, that's how you prevent things from happening because you start to recognize your triggers. Yeah, I, I think... You know, and I can speak from from my perspective, and maybe you can relate to this, and maybe the listeners is when I was a first responder. You know, especially when I was on the street, and you you probably know this, mate. Where you, okay, you're it's a long day, you're mentally exhausted. The only thing you want to do is come home, veg on the couch, and kind of decompress. Maybe watch your favorite flick, whatever. So I get it, but like you said, I mean, we're always in a constant state of growth. And sooner or later, we're going to retire. So if you're not growing and learning and learning more about yourself, we're all, most of us are living longer. You're going to, your law enforcement first responder career is going to end one day. So what's the next step after that? And to your point, you have to use that time instead of vegging in front of Netflix mm -hmm. to work on yourself, right? Because you're going to have a second, mm -hmm. third, fourth career maybe. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. Those that night like that like Netflix and Netflix. Oh no no no! It's not a knockout. Yeah, yeah, Netflix. yeah, I mean it's one of those things that it's okay to do in moderation. Like yeah, hey, not excessively. Correct, and I think that's I think we're not taught really great time management in law enforcement, and because of that, we find ourselves de-stressing with the wrong things too yeah, often, absolutely, and too long. And next, you know, you find out twenty-five years later, you're like. How much time did I spend on myself versus how much time I spent watching TV or anything that's not as productive as working on yourself? And you think, man, I lost a lot of hours. And hours, you know, only the only thing we have is time. You ain't getting that time back. We all know that. I've never seen on any tombstone said, yeah, I, I had an extra 10 hours. I, I mean, I, or I could have watched. I wish I had watched another Netflix series or or um, whatever the other uh, Hulu. And I wish I watched <laughs> one of those. I never I haven't seen on a tombstone yet. And all, it, so it, I, I, yeah. yeah. And no matter how much money you have, it's not going to buy you time. It, it, you it's know, not. it's not going to buy you time. So I, I love it. How do you, so how do you like some, use me an example. Okay. Somebody who's set in their ways, you know, and okay, I, I get off work. I'm not working on myself and, you know, I come home veg, maybe, you know, have a couple of drinks and stuff. And it's just that hamster wheel is that, groundhog day where i get up you know i go to work do the same thing how do you try to break that cycle especially with first responders i mean i i know you have to it all comes down to the individual and they have to dig deep and they have to really want something but but how do you try to break that cycle for people who are so stuck in that mentality i think it starts with mindfulness yeah and there's a process called renewal that i like to do and it's it takes you about i call it it's, it's called the six second method and i got it from a research article and what you do is you tune out, you, you get to a, a safe place, wherever that might be in your house, in front of your um, camera, in, in your car, and you breathe in for six seconds and breathe out for six seconds. You do yeah. that about 10 times in a row. And what you're going to realize is that everything's going to slow down around you. And the only thing you're going to focus on is your breathing. And when you start doing that, you slow down everything else that's going on around you and you allow your thoughts to catch up. And then as your thoughts catch up, that's how you start building from there. Because growing yourself is not a overnight process. No. So you start off with something like the that mindfulness technique, and then you just start working on yourself daily. 
I tell people to take about 10% of their day to work on themselves. And they usually look at me crazy because I'm like, yeah, two and a half hours is a lot. But if you do zero right now, five minutes is an improvement. And it's addictive. Why not? Too. It's addictive. It is. It is. You know, it's like working yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. It's like working out. Get those endorphins going. You're working on yourself and you want more. You want more. Yeah. Like right, right now. Cause right now I'm thinking about, I gotta, I gotta go for a jog after this podcast. Like I really don't want to, <laughs> but you I have to don't, but, but, but I have to, but, but I'm also um, looking forward to yeah, it because looking forward I know to the it. benefits. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go run a couple of miles, get a sweat and stretch and I'll be, I feel better in the long run, but it's part of the process versus, I mean, there's been times where I didn't work out for weeks and I was, and I started to realize, I was like, huh, I'm starting to get a little lazy and I'm starting to get a little chunkier than what I want to be. So <laughs> what do I got to do? And trust me, you come back to it. If you're, and I'm not that, if you run half marathons, if you start running for weeks, you ain't going to be able to just run a half marathon, not without getting injured, especially the older we get. Yeah, exactly. And, and if I'm 22, I could probably do it. But at 37, I'm probably going to have a couple of cramps in there and, and blisters and stuff. So you do got to just do a little bit every day. Yeah. And, and I love it. And, and so much, and I know you know this, Mike, so much of life, I, I think, uh, is, is internal. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we have our external factors and stuff like that. But if you want a better life, if you want to improve yourself, it's got to start with you, right? I mean, nobody's going to put a gun to your head and say, go work out or work on meditation or work on self-reflection. You have to want it. And it goes back to what you said, brother. It's all we have is time, man. And time management is crucial. We learn it in law enforcement, right? I'm okay. We need to get those reports done. We need to get this done. We right. need to get that done. Okay. We're on a, we're on a clock. But then a lot of us, when we're off duty, it just goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you're, you're mentally tired. Which yeah. You're mentally sense. exhausted. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You've had a long day. So if that is you, that's where time management comes into place. When you start working on yourself, work on yourself before you go to work. Because if you wait to the end of the day, you're already tired. Yeah. You're, so if you know, if you, yeah, like me, like me, I'm a morning person. And I know that oh my. my most creative times in the morning. So when I get up at 430, I do things that enhance my creativity. So my, a lot of my self-development comes early in the morning. My sister, she's a night person. If I tell her anything about personal growth at six in the morning, she's going to curse me out. <laughs> Rightfully so. And I understand. But then again, if she tells me something, she'll call me at eight o'clock. Like, hey, what are you doing? I'm about to go to sleep if yeah. I can. And we hear her have these conversations usually weekly. But her mind is a little different. Like she's more of a night owl. So it's her creativity. She's, she's just shooting it off. Yeah. So it's up to the person. But if you realize you're so tired to work on yourself after shift, then flip it. Work on yourself before you go on shift. You got to go on shift at some point. Yeah. But yeah. it's up to you, like you said, as the individual to kind of build that into your routine. And I love what you said about breathing. You know, breathing is so, uh, yeah, we take it for granted. You know, mm -hmm. it's automatic. We don't, you know, we're just, we just don't think about it. But then there, the breathing you were talking about, you know, the, the deep breathing. I mean, and there's apps mm -hmm. out there that can help you with it. You know, there's all kinds Correct. of technology that we can use now that can help you with the breath work. Breath work is so important. And it goes into that importance uh of mindfulness whatever you want to call it I, mm -hmm. i'm a huge mindfulness person now i wasn't a handful of years ago but i'm with you brother i mean morning routine time for myself breathing the meditation the journaling whatever it is to get my mind right, right for the day ahead and when you right. when you start out on the right foot mentally you're probably going to have a better day if you didn't and start out on the wrong foot, you know, getting up, 
you know, grabbing a Red Bull or something, you know, <laughs> you know, and that, yeah, yeah, not knocking Red Bull. Trying to rush out the house. And, we're trying yeah. to rush out the house, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, you just have to, it's what you said, brother. And, and we are so guilty of this, first responders, you know, this, not taking care of ourselves. We're really good at running into shit and taking care of other people, but we're, we're very, at, we're great at that. We're, we're great, great at that. that. I'll tell you. Yeah. But we're we, not good we're, at taking care of we're not good at taking care of ourselves. And you made a really good point too. You I mean, we need to get more proactive instead of grabbing people at when they fall in the water, to use an example, we need to grab people before they fall into the water. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. That's why I tell I'm out. And you know, it took me a while to kind of, I, I told you, I mean, my epiphany came nearly um, 16 years after I was in law enforcement and over four years of me having a speaking business. So it wasn't an overnight thing, but it came through personal development. And I will tell your, your audience this, is that it starts with you. Financially, it's going to start with you as well. Because mm -hmm. if you think your organization is going to put that on the forefront, not knocking any particular organization, but they have a mission themselves. Yeah, exactly. And you have to realize that, yeah, and people don't like, like, like for example, if you're a police officer, one of their missions is to make sure you get certified in firearms every year. So- if all the budget's going towards firearms recertification, they're not going to have money for personal development. I can tell you the business that I've built has all come out of my pockets. Now, obviously, the government, the government paid me to do it in a sense that they gave me a paycheck, but I had to take that money and allocate it to my growth after hours. Absolutely. So if you're not doing it yourself, if you just think, oh, I'll wait till they send me to this training, or I think I'll just wait for my agency to enroll me in this class you're going to find yourself behind the ball built up animosity. You're going to find that mental fatigue coming quicker rather than you just investing in yourself right absolutely, away. Absolutely. If you're going to, you know what I mean? If you're going to, if you could spend $10 on a movie, go buy a book. Yeah. I used to that's, tell that's, people that's all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I used to tell people all the time, do not rely. And I'm love law enforcement. You know, I love first responders. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. But I used to tell people all the time, look, don't rely on the agency. I'm not knocking any particular agency, just agencies in general. Mm -hmm. Don't knock or, or don't rely on agencies to yeah. train you up. Yeah, they're going to do the minimum. But it's up to the individual. Look outside, do other things, go to seminars, do on your time off. Like you said, invest in yourself. Don't don't get pissed off if the agency doesn't send you to a leadership school that you want to go to. Maybe they don't have the budget for it, but take the initiative, like you said, and do it on your own. Yeah. And I do, I talk to agencies weekly about their training budget and their tra training plans. And most of the time it always typically starts off with, well, this is our mandatory requirements for our post certification yeah, or yeah. our, our, our FDLE standards, whatever, it depends on what state you're in. And it's usually the conversation starts off, well, we have to hit these four or five classes. And then we can see, and usually then we can see is the training on your own personal growth or leadership development. So you have to keep that in mind. The agency, they, there's certain things that they have to do to maintain their accreditation yeah. and their standards. And then once they meet that, then and they can allocate other resources, but depending on the size of your agency, they may not have those additional resources. Well, and that's like you said, an investment in yourself. Cause I know some people, you know, I have heard this from cops sometimes. Well, they're going to pay me to do that. Well, <laughs> what's wrong with <laughs> using your own funds sometimes? I'm not talking about the firearms, driving, defensive tactic. I'm not talking sure. about any of that stuff. I'm talking about mm -hmm. something you want to do that maybe the agency doesn't have the budget for. What about investing in yourself? Because it's going to pay off. I mean, your 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 yeah. investment uh, in yourself works. obviously paid off. 
you're, you're kicking ass. I tell people, well, and I, yeah, so I tell people this all came from my own money. So yeah, yeah it's all came from care. your own money, but I mean, you, you have to mm -hmm. invest in yourself. And that includes, like you said, Mike, taking care of yourself physically, mentally, you know, it mm -hmm. all starts with the, the individual. Tell, tell us about your book, best-selling book. So some of the things I talked about in your podcast, sorry, which CJ yeah. evolution, amazing podcast guys, if you ain't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe and share, but it's called greatness beyond the badge. And what Love it does, it, it takes title. you through, yeah, it takes you through a process of self-awareness, developing who you are, developing why you should, or determining why you should develop yourself and curating a path to greatness. And I take some of the strategies that I've learned over 18 years and um, some of the things that I've learned through education and just my own, what I see, and I give you guys a roadmap. Now, there's a lot of things that will apply if you pay attention. There's some things that won't, but greatness beyond the badge is just a roadmap for that individual like myself that is looking for more on growth, but maybe don't know where to find it. Yeah. A lot of my strategies are not like earth shattering. You're not going to have to have a PhD to dissect it. It's things that you can apply while you're reading. You can sit there and take notes that you know, you know what I can identify my failures right now. Yeah. It doesn't take, it doesn't take much, but it gives you things that you should be doing that you just don't think about. Yeah. I, a lot of things I write about now, I just, I, I can tell you three years ago, especially when it comes to self-awareness, I just wasn't thinking about yeah. 10 years ago. I wasn't even thinking about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So in my book, those are things that, that I, I push for in there. Identifying what makes you happy, identifying who you are outside of a uniform, identifying who you are for your family, because all those things are going to be important when you look at the, your, your lifetime. Remember you're only in law enforcement for, let's say at most 40 years. Yeah. What are you doing in those other years afterwards? Because that's going to be time that you're going to have to look at as well. Well, and what happens, Mike? You know this. What ha what happens if something cuts your law enforcement career short, like an injury or or something something that that you know you plan for forty or thirty or whatever, mm -hmm. and oh crap, you know I have a back injury now or whatever that and you're knocked out, you're medically retired. Okay, what are you going to fall back on? So start doing it now. I mean, it doesn't have to be on actually a, when I was yeah front burner, but you need to start thinking about this. Well, I was actually, I had an um, accident back when I was in Border Patrol. This was about 2010, and um, we were on a patrol road um, in the Tahoes, if y'all picture just like it shows on TV, um, and we were on this dirt road, and one of our tires went flat on the Tahoe, and we didn't have one of those big floor jacks. Imagine what jack we had. We had the little <laughs> wobbly one, the baby jack, and we had to put it on the rock. We had to jack the car up, and this is yeah. a Tahoe, so think about the baby jack, yeah. the Tahoe yeah, on a rocky huge. road. Yeah. Yeah. And as we take one tire, well, I take the first tire off and I was like, okay, cool. This works out. As I'm putting the second tire on, the jack slips. Oh, God. Yeah. And when it's happening, and I don't know if my, you can see the scar still, but I see that. Um, the car actually, yeah, the car actually fell. Fortunately, the tire was inflated. So it popped up off my hand perfectly between my knuckle and my wrist. Cause if it was two to three inches in either direction, I probably wouldn't have use of it today. And when I ripped my hand out, it swelled automatically on my dominant shooting hand. Oh, there you so go. So I had, as I was going to the hospital, I was thinking in my head, man, what's wrong? I mean, because obviously my hand is swollen. I don't know what's really wrong with it, but um, I just know it hurt. And it was like a little baseball. I was thinking to myself, what would, what would I do if I can't shoot? Yeah. What if, what, what would I do if 
I had nothing to fall back on. Now, luckily at the time, I had just started in the master's degree program for business. Yeah. I was thinking ahead. I didn't really know I was, but let's just say, for example, I couldn't use my right hand. I can't. I, that's like you said, that's medically retired right there. There's no option. To, well, if you can't shoot, you can't. No, if you can't shoot law enforcement, you can't. You're not going to be a cop. There's no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be a cop. So you're right. Like those are the kind of things you have to think about. What else can you do on top of what you're doing already, especially on the physical side? I mean, if you have a heart condition, I mean, if you have it, you have it. What else are you going to do? And not saying I don't want nobody to leave law enforcement because I love this industry, mm -hmm. but you should have options if all else fails. Because in this industry, things happen. One call I mean, away, brother. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. One call yeah, away. One call away. Yeah, yeah. And I one. used to have a um, trainer call. His name was Michael Walker, and he used to say, "I'm training you guys for that one incident in driving." He was a driving instructor. He was that he would put a little one and circle on the driveway sport. He's like, "I'm training for that one. That's what I want yeah. you guys to be ready for." So, yeah. And, and you're right, man, because we, we talked about this, Mike, before we started a little bit, you know, where most of us are living longer and, you know, with technology and advancements and medicine and all that stuff. And, and so what are you going to do after your career in law enforcement? I mean, and, and I think so many of us, um, law enforcement, first responders think that, okay, I was a first responder. That's my identity. And, and I can't, I can't do anything else, which is not the case. I mean, like you said, and going by your roadmap, you know, and map of, okay, a little self-reflection, digging deep. Oh, these are my mm -hmm. strengths. This is what I'm really good at. Right. I'm, you know, problem solving, communicator, all that stuff. You are capable of anything as a first responder. I mean, you're living proof of that. I mean, you are still in the field and yet you have this, you know, massively successful on the side. So, I mean, you can do anything you want. It's like, I, I tell first responders all the time, but they have that men mental block sometimes. And absolutely, I, I tell them too. I don't know if you agree with this, brother. Start broadening your network. I mean, you don't have to talk to yeah. first responders all the time. Start talking to entrepreneurs, yeah. people, people outside of the profession. I'm mm -hmm. not knocking the profession, but you know, okay, you you can talk to other people that are not in the field right. and and kind of you you know maybe have them mentor you a little bit, and because right. it's and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Get friends outside of law enforcement. I tell people all the yeah. time. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, I think, very important. That's going to broaden your network. Uh, I imagine that the way, the reason why you're so successful, it wasn't just for people in law enforcement. It was other people too, right? Well, that's, it's funny. And that's why I said, like, even when I started my business in 2017, I, tr <laughs> my first target was law enforcement. I was like, I'm going to bring some leadership to law enforcement. Yeah. And I got pushed out. I was like, no, we, we don't want that from you. I was like, okay. So I expanded to multiple industries and that's where I learned a lot about speaking, business growth, absolutely, marketing, sales, organ like having people work for me. I learned about that from other industries. So absolutely. you don't want to just limit yourself to even the one when it comes to that kind of growth. And you have to be open because a lot of people have good ideas already and it's good to kind of learn from that and grow from it and realize that there's help out there. And what the listeners might not realize is, uh, is a lot of things that law enforcement has adopted as far as procedurally, you know, and some other things have been adopted by, from the private sector. Yes. You know, that are now part of law enforcement culture. They're, you know, processes and some, some are, you know, are law enforcement. They're born law enforcement. But some of it, like Six Sigma and stuff like that, that has been adopted by law some law enforcement mm -hmm. agencies, um, it's it's private sector roots quit, quit I mean, dealing, think, like you said 
Go yeah. ahead, brother. Even like you said, like like our like our policies are usually done by lawyers. And yeah. How many lawyers have been police officers? Yeah. <laughs> so, Some maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, mean, I I I can only imagine the actual percentage <laughs> or, or, and the ones that are actually practicing in law enforcement. That's the number that I would want to see at some point. Um, yeah. There's an I'm sure there's a number out there, but that's what I'm saying. You're right. Like a lot of things that we that we have right now has come from other Absolutely. groups of individuals. Absolutely. So for the I'm sure you get this question a lot, like um as we wrap up for any advice you would give for any aspiring first responder out there, somebody who wants to jump into the law enforcement or first responder field, what advice would you give them? A very turbulent time. I don't have to tell you, brother. I mean, a lot of, a lot of turbulence within the first responder communities, not just cops, you know, fire, you know, corrections. What advice would you give that person? Spend time on yourself. You Love have it. to. Because you're going to run into so much negativity just for putting on you. Even when you're in the academy, if you go in your BDUs and your T-shirt to the grocery store, you're oh. going to start getting weird looks. right? And you and you don't even know what the carrying a gun means yet. But yeah. you're carrying a certain image. Yeah. And it's up to you to realize what your image is under that. Because a lot of times what people see isn't you. They see what you're representing. And you have to realize that early, especially in the uniform. And that's why I said, hey, greatness beyond the badge, because yeah. you have to be great even beyond whatever you're wearing. And I think that's really important for aspiring law enforcement or first responders. If you're trying to be an entrepreneur or you're just trying to say, hey, I just want to be a better person, develop who you are. And that will allow you to, to prevent a lot of stuff you're going to go through. It ain't going to stop it, but it's going to prevent you from overheating it's going to prevent you from hitting that mental fatigue that i think we go through like me for example i have a trip coming up i felt myself starting to get a little wobbly mentally so i said you know what i'm going to cancun for the weekend just yeah. to take a few days off and reset my brain because i'm learning that as i develop myself when i start feeling a certain way hey i just need to go off off base for a little bit and you have that so, self-awareness that you want to try to develop right. in people yeah Correct. Yeah. So develop yourself is the biggest thing, but you're going to have to do it. That's going to be the most important part that you have to spearhead and lead yourself to that. Yeah. And, and Michael can help you folks. So if you're not subscribed to Michael, if you're not following him, please do that. Michael, where, where they where can they find your book, brother? Uh, if you go to amazon.com, you just type in greatness beyond the badge. That's the easiest place. Obviously, if you're an agency watching, if you want bulk orders, we can always set that up. But if you just want one book and you're like, hey, Michael, I just want to see what you're about. Amazon.com is perfect. Nice. And and links, if, if people want to book you to come to their agency or organization, brother, on your website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I where we met was LinkedIn. That's probably my biggest platform right now. I do a little bit of stuff on Instagram, but LinkedIn's a good way to find me. And then obviously my website or my email is Michael at MichaelALater.com. Very simple. No extra letters, nothing else. But Go there and learn. Even my YouTube channel, I set up usually um, educational videos once a week. That's usually what I've been aiming for, just to give you content and value because whether or not you want to book me, which obviously I prefer that you do at some point, there's still things that I want to add to you no matter what. So I do all of that just to help leaders, help officers, help first responders grow because I think it's important to have a source of information everywhere you go. Absolutely. Michael Laidler, thank you so much, brother, for your service, your dedication to the first responder community. 
Much success to you, folks. Everything we talked about is going to be linked up in the show notes, contact information for Mike. Brother, it's been an honor. Thank you. I'd love to have you back on in the future. CJ, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And guys, if you don't have it subscribed, make sure you, you hit them up. Thank you, brother. Such a great show with Mike. Such a great guy doing amazing work. And he continues to serve as a law enforcement officer. If you love the audio of this podcast, check out our YouTube channel at CJ Evolution Podcast. Search on YouTube. Until next time, everybody.